Welcome, everybody, back to Hammer Time. This is going to be rivalry week here. Welcome to the last week of the college football season. Today, we will recap briefly last week, and then we'll get into these big rivalry games. We'll hit on three or four of the main ones, and then we'll give our full cards as usual, followed by locks at the very end. I am Kenny Betts 13. This is House of Beast 40. You are in the last regular football week in college for the uh, Hammer Time Season 2. So we are going to quickly get into it. B, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Kenny. Always enjoy being with you. Always enjoy. It feels like a Mac Tuesday night. We're talking about an audio hiccup, the first one of the year. Uh, let's quickly recap last week, B. It's, we both had pretty solid weeks. Coming off uh, eight and four for me, and I think uh, four and two or five and one for you, right? Yeah, four and two, and one of those losses was that damn missed extra point by Iowa, which really should have been a push. But um, um, you know, I kept my cards simple, just six games, went four and two, put two units on my lock of the week pick, which finally hit um, after a three-game losing streak. So we're we're up to seven and five on the season. But, uh, yeah, executed according to plan. Short, simple card, came away with three units on a, on a six-game slate. So I was happy with it. Yeah, I think uh, as far as the episode goes last, year, last week, I went eight and four on my picks on Twitter. We gave out a ton of winners on this actual podcast. So, again, we always talk about the crossover between X and podcast. We, uh, I, I was personally at the West Virginia game at – at West Virginia in Morgantown against UC. Excellent win for the Mountaineers. Bearcats did not look too good. I, I actually did better than their record would reflect. I had a Donaldson touchdown, green touchdown, green rushing yards. I had several live bets. Unfortunately, um, the, one, the one big one that we missed in a game that we talked about was Washington, Oregon State. That was a very ugly weather game, and I was lucky to be back in my hotel bedroom watching that late night. Um, it didn't turn into a, a blunder there in Morgantown, but I was on the wrong side of that, man. I, and I've been a Michael Penix guy this whole year. Obviously, I have very, uh, very, very much rooting interest in him this week and really rooting interest in whoever's playing LSU and – Definitely Oregon State this week again against Oregon, as I have that Michael Penix Heisman future. Uh, I'm not sure about that at, at the moment. I think Jalen Daniels and Bo Nix look excellent. So let's quickly, we'll hit a couple of those games that we talked about. Uh, like I said, eight and four. I think I missed the Miami game. Miami minus one versus Louisville. That was a game the whole time. I could see it on my phone versus Louisville. Man, uh, four or second and two was the last thing I saw, and then I saw that Louisville had the ball back. Uh, it was second and two on the two-yard line, so second and goal, really. And Miami couldn't punch it in there to tie the game up. Minnesota, plus 28, bad pick. That was actually the only one that I was upset with. Northwestern continues to dominate as an underdog. They went outright. Jacksonville State, minus eight. You also had the lock. Jacksonville State, you be, I believe, is over 57B. That was the easiest over of the year, right? 55 and a half, and, and it darn and near hit in the first half of that game. It so. could have been any number. Yep. That was an excellent pick. That was probably, as far as picks go, two of the cleanest picks of the year. Um, just clean. Just uh, turn-off games is what I call those. Another just clean, outright winner, Wyoming, minus 13 against the – 
Rainbow Warriors in Laramie. <laughs> that spread was 13. I said it should have been 24. I think Wyoming beat them by 35. So that, that was an easy, clean winner. West Virginia minus six and a half, clean. Georgia minus 10, clean. NC State as a dog, plus three, outright. UNLV as a dog, plus three, outright. And then lastly, Oregon State, as I already mentioned, uh, minus two and a half. Brutal weather. I think Washington's the better team. I'll still agree that that was probably the wrong side, uh, regardless of the weather. So, be excellent, excellent week. Let's get into this week, rivalry week. Uh, big week, really. I mean, this is the last week of the regular college football season. This will be the last podcast episode that we do outside of the championship games and the college football playoffs. So, uh, a lot to talk about here. And important to note, some of these games, most of these games mean a lot more for one team than they do the other. Uh, let's break down a couple of these before we jump into our cards, though. Let's talk Oregon State at Oregon, minus 14. They're calling this the Platypus Cup. It's a mix of a beaver and a duck, so it's the Platypus Cup. This is the last meeting between in-state rivals and the Pac-12, and who knows when these two play again. It's a, it's, it's a shame going in opposite directions here, and uh, I like Oregon State plus 14. I think that's far too many points. I have rooting interest and equity against Bo Nix as a Heisman winner, so this is a no-brainer for me. Oregon State plus 14. B, who do you like? Yeah, on my notes, I said I'm, I'm leaning Oregon State uh, minus 14. Um, you know, you're, you're going – you're heading the same way, so I, I think I'll take the points. I'll take 14 points. Yep. And I'm going to take the over 62.5 in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Oregon State has been playing good teams very close all season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't think they come in and win this game, but I do think they lose by fewer than 14. And I think some points are going to be scored. I'll take the over 62 and a half and Oregon State plus 14. Yeah, I like that. And remember about four weeks ago, five weeks ago, Oregon, you, you could get them at 25 to one to win the whole thing. I think quickly thereafter, it went to like 16 to one to win the whole thing. So, I, you know, I'm equityed away right now as far as futures go, and I'm just kind of pushing different areas as I can to try to make profit. Uh, I, I'm, I do have to say that because that is part of the handicap. So, uh, Oregon State plus 14. Uh, Florida State at Florida. I liked Florida here at home before before getting six and a half. Um by the way, again, we talk about equity and futures and stuff. We both had the over five and a half wins be from the beginning of the year. Florida sitting at five wins right now. Both yeah. teams on backup quarterbacks. Uh, I think this is a field goal game. And I think Florida State is in the ACC championship regardless. Uh, both teams back up. Like I said, I like Florida plus six and a half. I think they went out right. Well, um, Florida's playing for a bowl and they quite possibly could be playing for coach Napier's job. Yeah. Um, you know, senior night, 7 PM game. My question to you is what do you know about Tate Rotomaker, the six, four junior quarterback that will be taking over the reins for Florida state. I know he came in and played pretty decent last week. That's a, that is about as much as I know about him. Uh, I think I saw around a 55 or 60 percent completion rate for like 200 yards that's that's about all i know against a north alabama team 
And you're still leaning Florida even money line? Uh, I am. I, I think uh, six and a half in a rivalry game like this, I think it's I think it's too much. I, I think this is closer to an even game, especially when you consider that, you know, Florida State just lost their best player. And you could argue that Florida lost one of the better players that they could lose with, with uh, Mertz. So I'm, I'm comfortable here. I like, I like the spot for Florida. I think a little change of pace from the quarterback position. And uh, Graham Mertz, you guys know, already know how I feel about him, how I, how I felt <laughs> about him all season. So he's kind of like the Spencer Petrus of the SEC in my eyes. All right. Well, I'm going to noodle that one around in my brain for another couple of days before I – throw down units on this game yeah I, I i always take very seriously your uh input on this kenny oh uh, yeah well we'll see i mean yeah i'm i'm on florida state I, i'm florida i mean and i would just lean points right now i, I don't know if money line is too much next yeah. game there will be a money line pick involved this is not a ranked well it is a ranked matchup but this is not going to be a ranked on ranked matchup just like the last one uh, but clemson at south carolina why are we talking about this game? Well, it's two teams I was really high on to start the season. And despite the records and ups and downs and kind of let down seasons in both spots, I still do think this is going to be a pretty fun game to watch. And, um, you know, probably one of the most uh, sufferable coaches in the country, Dabo versus maybe one of the most likable coaches in the country from a, a non-SEC fan base perspective and Beamer. I really like Shane Beamer. I, you have a lot here going on as far as personalities and uh, the paths and trajectories of, of certain programs. So I like to remember that South Carolina is a team that is on the upswing. They obviously are having a down year. Uh, they did a lot of good things last year. Last year they, they won this game right out outright as a dog. So I like them here at home getting the seven points and I like that money line a lot of dogs here to start start for me so all right Kenny um what I did about an hour ago is I checked in with our boy Keebs mm-hmm. um that was a veteran move yep and um you know Keeb is on the ground down there you know in the Carolinas Clemson alumni has his foot on the pulse of what's going on down there. And his, his answer, I just said, what do you think? And his answer surprised me a little bit. He said, uh, mm-hmm. I never touch those games. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not betting it. So Keeb is off of it. And you know what? That's good enough for me. I'm just going to watch it. I'm not going to bet it. Yeah. Keeb has a, his finger on the pulse. Uh, Keeb has just been electric this year. He actually has provided some very, very solid picks. Uh, as always. So, Keeb, that is a big endorsement to maybe just stay off this one or watch it. I will not be staying off. I like South Carolina plus seven. <laughs> and I'll probably bet a money line, too. Uh, all right, B. The big one, the game, uh, Ohio State at Michigan. Michigan now, all the way down from last week's look ahead, six points down to minus three and a half. Uh, I'll let you hit this one first. I, there's a lot that you could talk about here in this one. There is a lot you could talk about. There's always a lot you could talk about with this game. Um, When I think of this game, you know, in November, I always think of in the trenches, ground and pound, you know, Big Ten football, and you always think about defense. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I did was I just Googled 
I wanted to look at the last 10 games of this series and how many points have been scored. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to know what the average total point scored in this football game has been over the last 10 games. Take a guess. I'm going to guess. I'm going to actually guess it's higher than you think. Uh, I'm going to guess 56. Okay. Well, the answer surprised me too. It's 68.4. Holy shit. Wow. And and if you go look back at all 10 of those game scores, it's not like there's been three, you know, 120 point games and then a, ten, a bunch of 10 to sevens. They're all high scoring games. Mm. Um, therefore, I'm taking the over in this game, and that's the only bet I'm making. The over and under, um, as of a few minutes ago, is 46 and a half. Whoa. So you take a 68.4 you know, point average total score, and I see value there. I'm going to take the over. Wow. Uh, that, that certainly puts it in perspective. Do you lean one way or the other as far as the side? Michigan minus three and a half? That is a disgusting number. Well, I lean Michigan playing at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have the better quarterback. B, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I actually am seeing minus three right now. Yeah. Um, mm. I'd be willing to take minus three. I yeah. wasn't going to take anything over that, mm-hmm. uh, even three and a half. But I, I'd be willing to take minus three. I think Michigan has the better quarterback. Um, and... You know, both, both, yeah. I, I, I think they have the better quarterback, and they're playing at home. Um, that's usually worth a field goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, man, this is a lot to break down. This one, uh, Michigan has just, you know, put bad, bad teams away. They've obviously the the mantra this year is they think that they're America's team, whether they are or aren't. I don't really, I don't really know, care. Uh, they do feel like the world is against them. They've played some very lackluster football in some of their bigger time matchups. And I think you think about that, you think about the Maryland game, they only won by seven. You think about that Penn State game where Drew Allar could only come. I mean, he was abysmal. And uh, McCord, I think, is pretty similar to uh, that quarterback from Penn State. So I think you're going to see a lot of the same thing there. 24 to 15 at Penn State. And I think. That's a top 15 team in the country. Ohio State's going to be a top five team, regardless of how bad McCord is or how bad I think he is. Uh, everything you just told me about the over-under makes me feel like it's an over game. And I, for the purposes of this show, I know people probably want a perspective and a pick here, but I, this will be one that I actually do just watch. I, I have never been more torn or conflicted in giving out a pick this this one just feels like it's the biggest game in the program history for both sides. Um, it's going to be a monumental game, really. Uh, if I had to lean one way, I would say now that I'm seeing minus three, I would say Michigan. Um, anything north of that, I would say Ohio State. So I think now you're just just a matter of playing the number, really. That's all I yeah. think. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take that over forty six and a half. Here, I got a question for you though. Do you think? Um... It's probably a dumb question, but I, I think there's a lot of pressure on Ryan Day in this game. Wow, I do too. Do you, you, do know, you think I, do you think anything happens if he loses again to these guys? I do. 
I mean, I do. I, I think the writing is on the wall. I, this is the biggest game. This is probably one of the few games that they care about. I mean, think about you only play two real games, you know, as Ohio State guy. I mean, this year you could say three with um, Notre Dame in there. But, yeah, I mean, almost losing to Notre Dame, you know, scooting by Penn State relatively easy. I don't know if as easy as Michigan did. But this is a game that Michigan is just going to be – this is going to be a smash-mouth football game. And I'm not saying fo- that points won't be scored, but this is going to be a brutal smash-mouth between the tackles. You consider Michigan's guards, left and right guards, are both NFL-caliber guys right now. Uh, their tackles are some of their weaker spots on their offense. Everything going to be up the middle in your face with Blake Corum, and it's going to be – can you get? Can you tackle me? Can you stop this from happening? If Ohio State shows early on that they can stop that that inside rush, then I think it's kind of a, it's almost a no brainer. The best athlete on the field is going to be Marvin Harrison, and um, the plan for Ohio State is going to be get that guy the ball right now. So Michigan's DBs are going to be up for a test. Uh, whether or not Kyle McCord can put it on him downfield, we'll see. Uh, Ohio State's defense, interior defensive line and middle linebacker, they're going to be in for a test too. So if those guards start to get up to that second level and those linebackers aren't coming downhill, Blake Corum and Edwards are going to have a gnarly, gnarly evening. Um, that's all I got there, B. I, I don't really feel comfortable giving out a side there, so I'm going to stay off. Sounds good. Let's yeah. move on. We're going to move along. Uh, this will be the last the last week that we give out these picks for the regular season here. So, B, let's make it a good slate. I have probably 10 plays, and I, I like every one of them. I think the last couple weeks have been on a little upward upward uh, trend here. So, last couple weeks I've had a good finger on the pulse, and I, I like my picks. I like my plays, and uh, I'm ready to break down these cards. Why don't you hit me with yours first? All right. I have six picks, just like last week. So uh, I'll move through it quick here. Um, I like Ole Miss minus 10 at Mississippi State on Thanksgiving evening. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just something about Lane Kiffin playing a prime time game on Thanksgiving night. I think he'll have fun with this. I think his guys will be ready to go. I think they're the better football team. And, yep, Ole Miss minus 10 on the road at Mississippi State. Mm Mm-hmm. My next pick, I like Missouri, minus seven at Arkansas. Missouri is still on a roll, playing for something here. They've had a great season. I've kind of doubted them a couple times during the year. Arkansas is kind of reeling right now, and I think you get to the point of the season where who still wants to come out and play? Who Uh still wants to bring their best? I think this is a game where Missouri still does. Arkansas wants to believe they do, but eh, we'll see. I think Missouri by a touchdown here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Louisville, minus seven, hosting UK. I just think Louisville is ready to send a message to the Wildcats. They've had trouble beating them. They have a better football team this year. Uh, They're a touchdown favorite at home, and uh, I like Louisville in that game. Um, my next one is UNLV minus three hosting San Jose State. San Jose State has won five straight. So I think the Vegas, just like we see in a lot of games these, this year, Kenny, I think there's a little bit of recency bias going on here, which has that line shrinking. 
I think I just think UNLV at home will uh, handily beat San Jose State. I'm more than happy to give away three points. Uh, pick number five. I'll stay with Jacksonville State at your boy Pavia. Wow. And I'm taking the over 50 and a half. I was surprised to see that over and under so low. I think this is going to be a points bazaar. Yeah. Um, points up and down the field. I I almost made that my lock of the week. I, I was just going to say, I may have to stop you. Uh, is that a misprint? Because that, that may be like the lock of the year. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I jump on that soon. If you're gonna if you're gonna play it, but oh, uh, yeah, oh. over fifty and a half. And then uh, just to create a little controversy and get a few people upset with me, here's my lock of the week, <laughs> and I will be at this game. Kansas Jayhawks at Cincinnati Bearcats. The line is six and a half, and you want to talk about two teams going in different directions. Cincinnati's uh, number one tight end just declared for the damn transfer portal, um, it, you know, on t- yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's going to be a revolving door at quarterback. I think you're going to see Brady Drogish get some snaps. He won't burn up his redshirt year. I got to think they start the senior because it's senior day. But I, I just don't think offensively Cincinnati knows what they're doing. I think Coach Satterfield and probably half this team just wants this season to end. I, I think they're going to get rolled. It's going to be a 7.30 Saturday night game. Uh, the natives are going to be a little restless at Nippert. Um, by 7.30 Saturday, there will be some alcohol involved. There will be people possibly leaving you know, in the third quarter. Um, this has the potential to be another one of these go to hell, get a job type yep. games. And I'm surprised this Vegas has been very kind to the Bearcats this year. As far as these spreads go, mm-hmm. I think this is easily a two touchdown game. That's my lock of the week. Kansas Jayhawks minus six and a half. Yeah, that's an excellent pick. Um, I may make that lock the over in the Jacksonville State game because I've I am still in shock about that. I, I can't yeah. believe that. Um I know you give out more than one lock a week. I, I just try to stick to one and, and um you yeah. could go you could go with either game. You can have that Jacksonville State for yourself. I'll take it then because and actually that wasn't on the card and that's now that's definitely on the card. Um so I'll go through an excellent picks B. Before we get too far along, I, I agree with you on a lot of those. Um, the only one I, I would be a little concerned with is Louisville getting up after that last week. But in the same breath, Kentucky is out on stoops. I mean, they're they're not playing for him. They're not showing any life. They've been deflated all season. And really, <laughs> a big shout-out here to Milkman. He faded the Wildcats so hard at the beginning of the year. I think he's faded them several times this year quietly without telling anybody, but I know for a fact uh, he has faded them, and he's been right. Um, I wonder what they are against the spread on the year. Louisville is obviously having a great season, and Jeff Brom is doing an excellent, excellent job. They're number 10 in the country. That's crazy. Um, All right, so I will give you some of my picks. A lot of these picks, keep in mind here, one team playing for a lot, the other team not playing for so much. So that that is the theme of my card this week. 
And uh, I'm sticking with it. I think you hit on it a little bit and mentioned it, especially when it comes to your lock of the week. That's how I feel about a lot of these games here. So not, not, not pretty picks, but what I believe is smart picks. My first one, Rice, minus five. They need a win here to be bowl eligible. Playing FAU, who I think is absolute trash. They lost to East Carolina 22-7. to You could make a legitimate argument that East Carolina is one of the worst teams in the country, and they lost by 15 to them. So uh, Rice minus five. I still believe in Daniels. He showed up in some big-time spots this year and has actually been pretty good. I think he has 21 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. So versus FAU's quarterback, 12 touchdowns and 10 picks on the year. The next one is a look away. Don't even watch it. And, you know, barely, barely hit your button when you hit place bet. Syracuse minus three, same boat to save their season. Uh, This would get them to six wins after really starting the year really, really strong. And then, as I've said a couple times now, look like one of the worst programs in the country too. Uh, When they get Schrader back and Schrader is back to playing quarterback, they are a whole different team and the belief in in everything with him and his ability to run the ball or take off and run. Kenny. Yeah. You know, Syracuse fired Dino Babers this week, don't you? And I actually, that actually makes me like it even more. Yeah. um, Honestly. So I, I like that. And they're at home. They're playing Wake Forest who just got their ass kicked by Notre Dame last week. Um, thank God I didn't put that one on the card. I did mention it on the podcast. Uh, moving along, we're going to go to Northwestern. Why they continue to get points, I will never know. Northwestern is plus six, and they are playing spoiler this year. They're actually doing their best Purdue impression, the spoiler makers. They are at Illinois. Illinois, this is a weird spot against what I said. Illinois fighting to get that sixth win to get into the bowl games. Northwestern at six and five. Oddly, it is still a play on on how I believe these teams are going to come out because I think Northwestern here is trying to do everything in their power to ruin it for Illinois and to spoil their season. I don't believe that they're going to go away quietly, not the way that they've played this year. I saw six. I now see five and a half. I like six. Um, That's where I took them out. Virginia Tech minus three. They looked really, really good a couple weeks ago against Boston College. Uh, I like them here playing against Virginia, who I also think is one of the worst teams, definitely in the ACC, but probably a top 30 team in the country. I'm sorry, a bottom 30 team in the country. And then the rest of these are plays that I've already kind of talked about a little bit. Uh, I'm going to be against you here. Jacksonville State was plus two in most books that I looked at. New Mexico State minus two in most books I looked at. How New Mexico State comes out after playing Auburn and beating them last week as a 24-and-a-half-point underdog, they win by, I think, three touchdowns at Auburn. That was those guys' Super Bowl. New Mexico State, I can't get off of them. They're like a roller coaster. You you just you can't get off at the very end, and you know you got to get up so someone else can get on. I, I can't get off of them. Uh, Florida, plus six-and-a-half. I talked about South Carolina, plus seven. And... I'm taking that New Mexico State money line, by the way, not points. And the last one, again, it's just like a roller coaster. NC State playing North Carolina. Uh, I love NC State. I've been on them all season. I'm not going to get off that ride yet either. Uh, Seeing this is at NC State and seeing it's an 8 p.m. game, they're going to do everything that they can here. Two teams, eight and three. I like the home team, and I like them getting points. So that's where I stand. 
You got anything to add there, B? You no, like I'll I'll take a look at all those. It's interesting, you know, because we don't we don't talk before these podcasts. We all have completely different games on our cards, so mm-hmm. you know that gives the folks listening a lot of different picks to consider. Yeah, I think probably between our two cards there, probably at least 12 picks and then thoughts on the big game. So that was an excellent, excellent breakdown. Again, we'll hit the locks real quick just for uh, transparency's sake. B, you are going to take Kansas minus six and a half, I believe is what I'm seeing. Is that we? That's right. Yep. And I'll take Jacksonville, New Mexico State over 50, right? Is that what you said? It was over 50 and a half. Over 50 and a half. That's, that's a lock. Uh, so that's where I stand. All right, you guys, this has been really fun. Um, we've had a, a pretty good year. Hopefully we're going to end here on a positive note. We'll come back to you guys and we'll revisit some of these uh, championship games. And then we'll talk bowl games. Whenever they come around, we'll talk college football playoff may drop an NFL episode or two, but thank you guys as always for a excellent, excellent season two. We uh, will have the Spotify warped numbers here soon, and we'll get those out so you guys can all see those and review them, and I'll make sure I post screenshots. So, hey, B, uh, I do have to take a second here, and i got to thank you. You've been an excellent, excellent co-host two years in a row. You provide excellent analysis. You're always flexible with your times. Your picks are always excellent. I enjoy the camaraderie and the uh, friendship and the relationship that we have. So, I got to say thank you to B. Everybody, round of applause at your house, in your car, wherever you are, for House of B40. Probably the best uh, co-host I could ask for on this show, seriously. And I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Kenny, that's extremely kind of you, and and, um, the feeling is mutual. You know I love you. I love your family. And um, have the happiest of Thanksgivings. Happiest of Thanksgivings and an excellent, excellent week here to wrap up the season. Rivalry week, last regular season episode that we'll host. Hammer Time Season 2, we are out. Thanks, B. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.